Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com. We are back on Your Tech Report. Thank you guys so much for being with us each and every single week. Uh, I am Marco Flalo in Montreal, along with Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Uh, if you want to follow <laughs> along, it is at Your Tech Report on all our social media. Mitchell, um, yes, you might know this next company um, from perhaps their laptops. Maybe uh, I think so. their Predator line of gaming PCs. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've seen their name on, you know, uh, Rainbow Six Esports. They make tablets, monitors, projectors. Uh, the they, list goes on. Really, it they, does. They make a lot more. You know, listen, you're, 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 we're going to spoil this in a minute. You're going to know the name of the company and the man that we're talking to. Um, what we like to do is we, we don't like just to introduce new companies to our listeners, which we do all the time. We also like to reintroduce companies to you know our listeners that they may already know but but may, may not know the full breadth of what they do and how well they do it and i think that's the case here and mark just a little side note here before before we bring eric on the the pandemic has taken a lot of stuff away from us over the last couple of years i think that's obvious especially in you know the electronics world the computer industry and one of the things it, it's created this sort of separation for the consumer this disconnect thinking that okay there are only two things available to us now we can either get really cheap stuff uh, that's not great quality but is really inexpensive or we have to spend a bundle because we know the prices have gone up with everything but there that middle ground of how do we get something that's really great quality at a really good price that seems to have gone away but it hasn't really gone away has it because i think that, that that's something that this company does really well really high quality high quality gear at reasonable prices which is something we haven't really seen over the last couple of years well, so i'm not, I'm not an expert here mitchell here. so i'm going to bring, well, bring the expert, in the expert for goodness sakes don't <laughs> rely on me saying it uh the company we're talking about is acer of course and joining us this week is senior product marketing manager eric ackerman welcome to your tech report uh, the applause are Going. Thank you so much for being with us uh, this week, especially coming off of, of being sick. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You're feeling good? I'm great. Uh, I feel much better. Thank you so much. And really excited to be talking to you guys. That was a masterfully done introduction on the brand. Thank you. Uh, I do think that we, are, we do really well, exceedingly well with value price points. But people don't realize the other side of that, which is uh, the quality at those value price points. So you summed it up well. Thank you so Uh, much. No, thank you. And I think there really is that disconnect with the consumer, which is why we do things like this, where people say, well, if something isn't isn't as expensive as that, then the quality must be not as good as that. And that really is a big disconnect. And I think, you know, Acer has been around a long. How how many years is 40? 45, 45, 46, 1974. Oh, oh, wow. 40, 48 years. Wow. Since I, uh, d- d- that's amazing. Uh, so the company's been around a while and I've actually used uh, Acer laptops, desktops, and the quality has always been insane. The performance has always been insane. So we want to make sure the consumer knows that, you know, they can, they really can have it all. And that's, you know why, Eric, that is why you're here to tell, to give people everything <laughs> they want. Uh, I, Mark, I'm just going to jump in and start Don't it go off. Uh, I think there are there are three differentiating points. There are so many companies out there, so many computer manufacturers, and they're they're popping up all over the place. And the differentiating point seems to be there'd be threefold. There are three things, and that's design, price, and support. To me, those are like the big three that I'm looking for. Let's start off with the design because you guys have always put out gear that has looked incredible. It doesn't look like other the laptops don't look like other laptops. The desktops don't look the same. Is design ethics something that over like the 46 or 48 year history has always been important to you guys? Without a doubt. Uh, I'm glad you're focusing on that because there there is a perception that brand ABC on the shelf look the same. Uh, people think that. But when you start to pay attention to details, there is a difference. 
the there's a difference in the material choice, the finish, like how it touch it, how it feels under your fingers when you touch it. Um, and there's so many little hidden components to that. It's been uh, an integral part of our philosophy with the products for, uh, well, as long as I've been here, which is 11 years, long time, and certainly going on beyond that, but I couldn't say when it started. Um, but it's it's a big part of everything we do. And it, it gets difficult with um, obviously a, a crowded marketplace with so many solid products in the market from our competitors, but also our own lineup where we have just a broad uh, lineup of products. It's it, it gets very difficult to differentiate on our design, but we find a way. But not, a but not only, not only that, but that, I think that actually helps the product line because you can benefit from, you know, meticulous, being meticulous about specific materials on, for example, a, a laptop design. Okay. And then taking that and using that on tablets or monitors or projectors, you know, it, you benefit across the board. I think, tell me if I'm wrong, um, from that meticulous attention to detail. So there are definitely benefits from that. First of all, uh, brand identity. So when you get some consistency in products across different uh, segments, let's just look at laptops by themselves. Um, you have a standard laptop clamshell style and then maybe a convertible type. Um, you have certain elements that that are across both those segments that help the user identify this is an Acer product or where it is in our stack uh, of products from Good, Better, Best. But then also going into other segments, some of the things we've learned and then we can tie in to have an overall family of products. And I don't mean um, a family within a subset, but just the overall Acer umbrella, that there are design elements that tie it all together. Uh, we refresh these fairly often to make sure we're keeping up with the trends and what the users are looking for. Um, but also there's a, a bit of scale to that as well. So something we do on a Chromebook for kids in school, we can incorporate into a Windows laptop to make it a little more durable for everyday use. Things we've learned from from one segment we bring to the next. No, okay. My turn? Okay. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> Confusion on your checkerboard, yes. Eric, one of the most re you know, more recent announcements that, that came across my email was uh, a Swift 5, a Swift 3 laptop. But of course, you've also got the Swift X uh, and the Chromebook line. So let's let's focus in a bit on, on the laptop lineup for a second. Can you give us that high level point of view of kind of where they fit along the scale? Because we're reaching the time of year now. Um, you know, we're always talking about Father's Day around the corner. Uh, people graduating. My son's going into high school next year. This is a very big deal in my house. It is a very big deal. My son has told me, he goes, every laptop that comes to the door he needs to test he needs to play with whereas i've said wait till august and we'll figure this one out he's on it he's on it he's been on it since january he wants to know what he's going to be using for high school so so give me the high level kind of point of view of where you see the whole kind of lineup sitting yeah so for the acer portfolio products with laptops our primary bread and butter um, everyday laptop is the Aspire line, and that's been around for quite a while. We even had desktops way back in the day called Aspire as well, right? So that, that's been around forever. And that's that's your, um, to use a car comparison, Honda Accord. You know, it's it's very solid, very reliable, got some good looks, but it's, it's not the tip Sexy. of the iceberg in terms of <laughs> design and performance. We, we reserve some of that for the other lines to help differentiate and to reach different user segments. You mentioned the Swift line, which we've also kind of now broken out, as you mentioned, into a couple different segments. There's Swift and Swift X. These are uh, 
these build on the Ultrabook design from a few years ago that uh, Intel championed and pioneered in the shift towards thin and light. That's what Swift is. These are, are Swift devices. You can pick them up and go. The Swift X goes a little bit further, even more thin, even more light, even more cutting edge materials and um, solutions, I would say, in them. Uh, from there, we can differentiate with the spin product line. And as the name kind of implies, the screen will spin around. That's a convertible. And uh, that's stuck around and, and still is a big part of what we do. And, and there are design elements across all three of those. Then we can break out into the high performance um, with gaming products. We have a Nitro line and then a Predator line. And there's Predator even breaks down into two, two subcategories as well with Triton and Helios. Uh, we have an, an entire range of Chromebooks. Some of them are designed specifically f with children in mind, use in classroom, either they're uh, on a cart in a classroom and kids go in and grab one, or they're devices you can buy at a local brick and mortar store to continue education at home and, and have that, uh, especially in the last two years, remote learning going on. Uh, and then there's a, a line called Travelmate, which is professional, uh, business-oriented, I got to be honest, they, they don't have some of the colors and, and design elements of the others, but they're just rock solid, solid yeah. to get your, your work done. You know, I just wanted to, Mark, I just wanted to jump in and ask really quickly about, the, you know, you know, you know, Mark knows and my, my eyes light up when you talk about gaming and the high performance laptop. So I, I'm definitely going to go there. I want to go to the opposite end of the spectrum for a second, because this is something Mark and I talk about and we mentioned. Uh, let's talk about Chromebooks a little bit, because. Again, again, we try and break the idea that the average consumer may have about certain things, certain products put out by different companies. And that, that's the major thing is different companies. And I think Chromebook to a lot of people has been, been become synonymous with this thing can't do anything. And that's not necessarily true. Uh, not all Chromebooks, Chromebooks are built the same. Um, I know that some, the, the, the very idea of a Chromebook is to have cloud storage. So there's not a lot of onboard storage. So people think they're going to be slow because they don't have, but that's not really the case. You can have a Chromebook that is fast, that does have some storage on board, that does do everything you need because some people just need to check emails. They just need to browse the web. They might, might want to watch the occasional, occasional streaming channel. So you can have a well, a good performing Chromebook. It is possible, right? Oh, it's beyond possible. There are actually high-performance Chromebooks, um, and I'm so glad you're asking about this. The Chrome segment has been very exciting for the last five, seven years. I'm trying to remember exactly when it launched. Um, <clears throat> when they first came to market, I think there was a, a perception, not just from consumers, but also people in the industry themselves, a little hesitant about the category um, because of things like netbooks, if you remember those. And, and that's... Uh, kind of a sore spot for me at Acer because they were wildly successful. However, they were definitely a little impaired in their performance. And that, there was a variety of reasons for that, but, but they sold a bunch. So people were concerned industry-wide about Chromebooks. Would they be the next netbook? And the good news is, no, there's so much more than that. And there's so many different segments of Chromebooks in terms of users that, and what they're trying to accomplish with their Chromebook. And there are definitely, no doubt, high-performance Chromebooks um, in terms of compute power, in terms of functionality, features, materials. I mean, there are $1,000 Chromebooks, for goodness sakes. And we never anticipated that. And it's been really great to see this market um, expand to different use cases.
How much has that been facilitated by the evolution of chip design, solid state? I mean, I remember the one of the first Chromebooks that I played with still had a spinning a spinning hard drive. It was a small one, but it had a spinning hard drive. But nowadays you look at everything, everything's solid state. You know, you can max out memory and the processors have gotten even the entry level processors have gotten phenomenal in terms of battery performance, heat dispersal, all that fun stuff that goes along with making these great. Well, yeah, the, the technology really enables it. And there's it, the CPU technology, the chip technology, the, the uh, storage solutions are a big part of that for sure. Um, the architectures have changed and gotten more powerful and more efficient. Now you can have thinner devices without cooling. So they're making less noise. They have less power draw. They're not pulling dust inside and, cl and clogging up airflow and things like that. Um, but on top of that, just better performance from those chips to begin with, even at the starting price points, the entry level, and going all the way up to having uh, Intel Core i5 and i7 processors from latest generations. There's AMD coming into the market and, and performing well. Uh, people like to see that and, and have options, right? Um, but also the Wi-Fi solution that's uh, embedded in, this, in the system itself and then in everybody's home internet or, or public internet is getting better and improving as well. So having cloud storage uh, to store your files, access your files and, and play them real time over an internet connection has greatly improved. Um, there are some, like you mentioned, devices with storage on board, either it's eMMC or an SSD. So it's flash, so it's very fast. And then there's expansion where you can have micro SD cards to have local music or pictures to edit and things like that. So, I mean, it's just such a, a robust category that's seen incredible growth in use and the performance to match. You know, Eric, even before, and we talk about the pandemic a lot because, it, it, you know, much you know, like our health, it's affected a lot of aspects of life. Even before the pandemic, we saw a big transition uh, with consumers using laptops as desktops um, with, you know, people wanting to be portable. Now, enter the pandemic a couple of years ago. Now people are working from home, but more than anything, they want the option of working anywhere. And working anywhere means that laptops have just been getting more and more attention, taking, still taking the place of desktops of people all over the world. Has that changed you guys' approach to what you put in a laptop, knowing that this is going to be, for a lot of people, their everyday everything? It's going to be their desktop, their laptop, their entertainment device. Does that change the way that you engineer and design, and has it sort of accelerated over the past couple of years because everyone is either working remotely or working in multiple places? Yes. Yes, okay, uh, Mark, your question. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that to me. Um, without a doubt, um, I think there was a, a shift moving this way anyway, but the uh, worldwide health conditions and working from home and remote and all that has accelerated it even more. So now, even on more affordable priced products, there's a, not just at Acer, but in the industry as a whole, to be fair. Um, an effort to improve the overall quality, knowing how people are using the products. Here's an example. With Acer, we've uh, improved the quality of the webcams on, on laptops, Windows or Chrome, it doesn't matter. Um, knowing that people are conducting more business remotely and, and need a better experience, either it's a recorded device or just to be able to, to interact better with people and to, to have that connection. So webcams and, and there are ways you can improve it, obviously a better optical solution, but th little things that Acer has done. Another example is um, using 
a layer of blue glass to cover the camera. This helps reduce lens flares. So if I was mm -hmm. at a coffee shop outside and the sun was was angled in such a way it was kind of creating a flare on the camera, it, it won't completely eliminate that, but it will improve the overall solution. That's really cool. As you getting back to your comment about the, the chips and the solutions that are making these more powerful devices, um, now Acer is incorporating artificial intelligence to help clean up and, and remove some of the pixelization, if you will, from webcam. So even with uh, a lower stacked camera, you're still better able, able to provide a better experience for the video by using that artificial intelligence with something we call temporal noise reduction. Um, th that's an example on the video side. Uh, it will clean up the pixels. On the audio side, we've long had a solution called Acer Purified Voice. And mm -hmm. I, I love talking about this. So let me ramble on for a second. If Please you will. go. Yeah, yeah. So Acer Purified Voice is a solution that's been around for probably seven, eight years. Um, constantly improving. It started with hardware. It started with better digital microphones, better placement in the chassis, and tuning uh, to be able to do what's called beam forming. So if I were to move away from the system or walk around the room, it would pick up my voice and try and modulate so if I was close or far, it had the same volume to you, the recipient of our conversation. Um, over time, it's improved to enhance that, to have uh, some effect to reduce background noise, dog barking in the background, motorcycle going by, things like that. So when you combine the blue glass, the improved cameras, the always improving um, Acer purified voice, the temporal noise reduction, all of this makes these, these simple devices, and I say simple because they're, you know, they're not complex, they're not a car, they're not uh, a space shuttle, consumer devices makes them so much more powerful and and it allows these little portable devices to replace those desktops where you'd have expensive microphones connected expensive webcams now it's all built in yeah and it's portable and it goes with you wherever you go I, I want to get specific because one of the one of the laptops that was sent to me to, uh, to play with was the Swift X. And, um, you know, it's an incredible it's an incredible machine. It features, you know, the latest AMD Ryzen processor. I mean, this particular model has a 14 inch display, which I think really is the sweet spot, quite honestly, when it comes to a laptop, because it's not you know a big, large hunking 15 or 16 inch, but it's also not a small 13 inch, um, you know, uh, RTX graphics, 16 uh, gigs of memory, a 512 gig SSD, all the ports you need, Wi-Fi 6, 17 hours of battery life, but a couple of things that caught my attention. And by the way, this is a high contender for my son for next year. It's it's I, <laughs> I used it for about two days and then my son just took it and we're gone. Um, there, there was something particular I wanted to ask you about, and that is about thermal and cooling, because you've got a stereo ring fan, which is great for, you know, circulating the air. You've got multiple cooling modes that you can actually select, but there's something called air inlet cooling. Uh, or air inlet keyboard. And this is something I've never seen before. And when I was reading into it, I'm like, I have to specifically ask about this and geek out for a moment because I'm assuming that it, it uses the keyboard to actually circulate air and bring more air in to help the cooling process, which is just, of course, why not? It's there, use it. Th that's exactly what it is. And um, I, I could go on and on about our thermal solutions and maybe in a minute I will, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is just another simple thing that we can do to improve the overall performance. And there's uh, there are a variety of purposes for this. 
with proper cooling, the system will be more stable. You'll, you'll have less throttling of CPU or GPU. Um, you won't have fans spinning up as much, reducing the overall noise, reducing power draw. I touched on earlier getting dust in airflow uh, locations. That, that reduces efficiency of cooling, increases the fan speed, can have long-term effect on um, stability as well as, as longevity of a system as components can overheat over time, right? So one of the things I think that was a part of this is we need to balance making this as thin and light as possible. Um, so we need to reduce some things. That means coming up with a thermal solution that will fit this smaller space. So there's more engineering in that. Uh, reducing the weight of that, you know, putting less copper in, for instance, when you have more space to, to shove a bunch of copper in. Um, how can we properly cool this? And how can we give the user better control of their experience? And so we, we balance that with, well, we need good key travel. We need a good key feel. And somehow our, our crazy mad scientists found the way to kind of breathe around the keys allow for a comfortable typing experience, reduce some of the other components that might be in there adding weight and keeping it thicker and heavier, but still providing necessary cooling for all those modern components to, to give you the performance you need. It's it's brilliant. I don't know why we didn't do it earlier. I, I don't know either. No, it, it's, it's actually no, it's actually genius. And for our, for our listeners who aren't as tech savvy as we are um, and know what you're talking about, because what, when you're talking about engineering, we're designing a laptop. For a lot of people, that keyboard, and you know, this is why a lot of you know there'll be a lot of internal fighting with engineers at companies saying, no, you've got to reduce the size of that keyboard because it's wasted space. You need that key travel. All the innards are usually above the keyboard; they're getting super hot. So for a lot, of, for most companies, that keyboard is wasted space, and they'll you know, depending on the the priority they put out, we have to have mechanical for the gamers. They want a bigger. We have to put the numbers. We don't want the numbers too much space. So I mean, traditionally, it's just considered to engineers wasted space. So the fact that you found a use for it other than having that great typing experience having the travel you know the throw of those keys be appropriate and comfortable and it gets to cool at the same time so for people that don't get it it's a big deal it really is kind of a big deal and it's super cool figuratively and literally yeah. and and it's um it's a constant battle between different groups in an organization like you mentioned the engineers just want to geek out and provide the the <laughs> best possible engineering solution but then there comes a usability or a cost or a assembly, which is part of the cost and, and repairability. Um, and there's so much more that goes into it. And sometimes you just got to dial them back a little bit or point them in a different direction and say, OK, geek out, but go go over here, do it here with this purpose in mind. And, and that's one reason we have these different segments we talked about earlier for these products, Aspire, Swift, SwiftX and Spin. They're different use cases, so we can design them differently. Um, Asp Aspire Vero. I want to talk about this one for a moment because this is um, a, a truly a feat, not only in engineering, but in terms of sustainability. T tell me about how this, this device came to be and why it came to be, because it's really unique. It, it really is. It's, um, it's, I think, the best way to say it is it's our first visible sign of focusing on sustainability. Uh, by that I mean internally, we've been doing a lot of things for many years as an organization in our manufacturing processes to uh, reduce, reuse, and recycle, um, to 
depend less uh, on certain materials and uh, our whole supply chain has been affected. Our whole corporate strategy has been behind this for several years now. But the Aspire Vero is the first visible sign of that, meaning consumers can actually see the result of what we're doing, not just something in a factory, but in their hands. And so as our overall strategy to be a better citizen of the world, um, we decided to make as best we could now, and I'm sure it will improve over time, um, a device that uses as much recycled materials in, in the assembly of the product, in the building of it, and uh, that goes to the packaging as well, where we have won uh, multiple awards for the design of the packaging. Red Dot Award, for instance, uh, for the packaging and communications. But to the laptop itself, so we're using 30% post-consumer recycled plastics for most of the chassis, the bezel around the screen, um, the what we call the A and the C lid of the product. So the, the back of the panel and the area around the keyboard and then the, the D on the bottom. That's 30% post-consumer recycled material. So we're, we're trying to reduce the creation of new plastics, use what's already out there, and do it in a process that's um, friendly. There's less byproducts and waste that might be harmful. The keys themselves are 50% PCR. And then the packaging is all pulp paper recycled pla uh, materials. We've reduced the number of uh, inserts, materials that we put inside in terms of little uh, paper inserts for warranty and things like that. As much as we could, we've reduced it. There are certain legal requirements depending on where in the world the product is sold. Removed plastic bag bags from you know going around the laptop. We use a, a cloth sleeve. We All these things, it's, it's such a 360 degree effort to make as eco-friendly a product as we can. How has the, the response been? Because you've gone so so minute. The screws are a Phillips screw, so you don't have to use a special screwdriver to open it. Um, it, means it means repairability is <clears throat> extremely high. You can just take the cover off and actually ex exchange components. I mean, those are things that people have been yearning for. I mean, a, a long time ago when laptops first became popular, people loved the fact that you can just open the bottom and swap things in and out. That's making a comeback now thanks to things like this. Um, what's the response been? So I'd say it's mixed, um, and I think the very positive, but also some confusion, as you might expect with uh, such a new endeavor. Um, I, I think the consumers in the marketplace needs to be educated, and that's our job to, to help do that. That's one of the reasons we launched this product. Um, when people, when we tell the story, when we talk to people, the, the response is very positive. I think the initial response how do consumers behave and, and how do they make their purchase decisions? I hate to say it, but by and large, it's often just price. I mean, that's the primary consideration. There are certain needs it needs to, to meet, but price is right there at the forefront. And going green isn't necessarily cost savings. Yeah. And so there's a little confusion there. Hey, a similar product might be $50 less. You're right. At the moment, it is because of the processes we go through trying to eliminate waste and reuse things. There, there are costs to do that, and it, it does build in, but you're doing something good as a consumer yeah. by buying this product. And as this product line for us and as the rest of the industry makes similar efforts, those costs will come down. 
yeah. right? The and, no, it's like it's like organic food, right? Organic food. I was just going to say the same thing. It costs a lot of money then, yeah. to eat healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's actually a good comparison, I would say. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I know we're eating up a lot of your time, but there's so much to talk about, and we're going to have you back on because you know there's so many devices. I mean, we haven't really dove into the gaming, um, you know, full full you know head on. But I got a question. Um, talking about the user base, and that is, uh, I'm curious what your mission is or internally how how you gauge feedback and how you take user feedback and use that towards making future iterations of products because that's a beginning become a really a differentiating factor i think with companies these days is how they listen to their consumers and and how they feel as a result when people you know realize they're actually being listened to wow that is that is um there's so many ways i could answer that because there's so much information available um i would say that we are a global company and uh, we pay attention to consumers globally at at all sorts of levels. Um, I'll speak more specifically about Acer Pan America, which is the group I'm in here based in San Jose, California, taking care of Canada, US and Latin America. Um, we, we have user surveys. We do blind um, sit down with people and show them multiple products from different brands. We hide the brands sometimes, sometimes we don't. We get feedback on products in the market. But we even go, um, the product manager for the gaming laptops, for instance, he and I are passionate about gaming and gaming products. And we'll go look at individual end user comments and reviews at Amazon or Best Buy, where our products are sold, and and start to track these things and, and in some cases have dialogues with them. Um, we have user forums on our webpage where uh, it's actually quite active with very knowledgeable Maven type users, I would say, providing feedback. Um, and we listen. We listen to what they, they say. We find ways to incorporate. Um, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a negative, but it's an example of us listening. There was a, a laptop we shipped to market a few years ago that spoke about upgradability, which was a... Uh, even, it's even more so a part of our, our ethos now, but it was starting to be then uh, because of the segment it was approaching. And so we mentioned, hey, it comes with an SSD or hard drive in it, but there's another bay available for a hard drive, but it was actually difficult to upgrade. Users, like you mentioned, it had a different kind of screw head type um, or it was difficult to get to, and then it didn't have a cable inside, so the user had to contact our support team and have it shipped to them. And we just said, this is... Immediately, we knew this is wrong. We need to include this $2 cable or whatever it was. It was probably less than that in the box, not in the box, but already in place in the chassis, closed up in the in the laptop so that if a user chooses to, they can go in there and it's just easy to connect. And so at a minute level like that, we listen to the user feedback and we react quickly. So first of all, we never charged anybody for the cables if they wanted it. We made sure we shipped it out right away great response from our service team, but then we quickly iterated and said, from now on, product like this comes with that cable in place, ready to go. I, I love that. And, you know, like you said, that it seems on the outside like a, uh, like a small thing, but it shows connection to your consumer base that you guys listen and respond. And if you personalize it and you say, well, if I were doing this, I, I'd want that in there too. And that's, that's always a great way to look. And I, I, I know Mark said, I know we're limited on time. I have to ask you one thing. We are coming up now on moms, dads, and grad shopping season, even though tech knows no shopping season anymore because people are always shopping for great stuff. But now, like I said, moms, dads, and grads all around the corner, right? So... 
I may be asking this a little selfishly as well because I'm a gamer. You have uh, people that want to shop for the gamer in their life, whether it's their mom, son, daughter, father, doesn't matter. Uh, they want all the latest bells and whistles. They want great graphics, great displays, of course, which is a big part. And I know you guys put great displays in your laptops. What would you say if you had to wait like great, strong price point, really great value, very powerful machine, and I had to balance those two, that, two out <laughs> in your lineup, what would you look at? If you say, okay, here's the one you should look at for balancing all those things. I know it's putting you on the spot, but it's a selfish question. That's not easy. It is. No, you guys easy. have so many things. I know. I know. Also, who's you your do. favorite child, by the way? Who's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. No one's listening. So I would say the Predator Triton 300 SE See? is the sweet spot. Okay. Now, uh, I'll preface by saying it's expensive. Okay. All right. It, it's it's above a thousand dollars, so it's a, it's a different segment of user. I don't think that's expensive when I, it I comes to the game market. I was going to say you have a different yeah. idea of expensive. That's not so bad at all. <laughs> well, I, you know, when you look at if you were to grab NPD data and look at where the average sales price of a laptop is, it's well below a thousand dollars. Really? Yes. I knew this was a selfish question. I was like, a thousand, that's no, nothing. I, I'll I, take I, two. You know why I find that on. amazing? I find that amazing because we spend more than that on our phones. It's you know, crazy. On an know. annual basis. Yet yep. people find that too expensive for they a computer. <laughs> yes. So the Predator Triton 300 SE fits, um, I think it checks all the boxes you're talking about. First of all, it's on the thinner and lighter side for a gaming laptop. Traditionally, gaming laptops are thick and heavy, and they need to be. Um, we've been able, through engineering and, and just... Uh, magic make it happen that it can fit into a thinner and, and more premium design the other thing is it's not it's not over the top gaming meaning there's not funky graphics there's not such drastic color options or blinking lights everywhere that are going to blind you for many years we didn't have this product line and i kept pushing for something i dubbed um executive gaming and by that i mean you could be an important executive and go into a high power meeting with this laptop and it wouldn't stick out like a sore thumb. It wouldn't be boring necessarily. It would look good, but it, but it wouldn't scream out, I'm immature and I play games all night, right? <laughs> Is that um, a bad thing? I'm thinking that's not so bad. I don't bad. think yeah. so. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, some people have that perception. <laughs> no, so yeah, the Triton 300 fits that in terms of design and materials. It has the latest performance in uh, 12th generation processors from Intel. It has the latest uh, refreshed RTX 30 series graphics from NVIDIA. Excellent. High refresh rate panels, great color accuracy. So these are also great for creators and videos, yeah. Audio, photo, and video content creation. It has the power and performance. It has the color accuracy. It's thin and light. It doesn't uh, look obnoxious. Um, I think that's a sweet spot. Now, Mark, you'd also mentioned the Swift X, and your son was looking at that. When you pair that with some graphics, it's also a really good solution. But I think um, if you want a, a lighter product, go with the Swift. If you want a higher performance product, go with the Triton 300 SE. Mm -hmm. Okay. I will I will there take that into consideration. And I know what to buy Mitchell for Father's Day now. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was a selfish question, yeah. Eric, we could probably spend another hour talking and geeking out. Um, uh, I won't take your time up. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, we hope to definitely have you back on in a, in a couple months. We'll talk about all the fun stuff you've got lined up. There's so many things that we can drill down on and have a conversation about. But thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week. Absolutely. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. 
follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on Facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, YourTechReport.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca.